welcome to another episode of the Reckless Comedy Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by uprising comedian Danny Andrews. Please be aware that this episode features strong language, sexual references, and references to violence. And maybe the odd um, nod towards paedophilia. Which we do not promote. Anyway, thank you. Enjoy the episode. I hope you're ready for this. Welcome, my guest, the brilliant Danny Andrews. Uprising is such a stretch. That's such a generous intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello, I'm Danny Andrews. Uprising, brilliant comedian, in Kim Nash's words. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Uprising. Well, it sounds like you're going to take over the freaking world or something. I'd prefer it to doing stand up. I'll take it. If that was offered to me, I'll bite your hand off. It's going to see you. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, uh, so tell everyone, uh, really, how, how did you get into stand-up? What made you interested in making a fool of yourself a lot of the time on stage? Uh, I've always wanted to do it anyway, from pretty young. Like Even before I could even say comedian, I used to tell people I wanted to be a comedian. And then, but never had like the bottle to actually do it. And then uh, it's such a boring story, but a, a girl broke up with me one day and I just thought, fuck it, I don't care. I don't care about life anymore. I just started writing jokes and thought, fuck it, I'll just go on stage and tell them who cares at this point. Yeah. And uh, you say, obviously, before we started, you said you'd been doing it eight months before COVID kicked in. Mm. Yeah, it feels a lot longer, though. Like all the travelling around. Things like, not even far, just travelling across London and things. I haven't missed that one bit. Wow. I feel bad, I actually haven't really missed it. Um, I, think, I think the thing with travelling to stand-up with me is I enjoy travelling to an extent. If it's like the same venues all the time, it's just like, yep, saw that, saw that, went past that, yep, yep, here I am at the venue, blah, 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 tell the joke have a few drinks, have a good night, go home and realise those jokes weren't as good. Oh, I don't get it. I'm too arrogant to get that end bit. I'll go um, I'll come off stage and think, oh, that, that weren't as good as I thought. People come up like, oh, that was really like, good to say, really good. I'll just think, no, no, no. And I'll see it the next day when I'm hung over and just think, oh, Andrews, you're fucking class, mate. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind moving. I, prefer, I think I prefer performing to the same venues. So these then you sort of like you know the bar staff a little bit by then. You can sit there and just fucking get drunk. You feel a lot more comfortable when you're performing as well. I think definitely. Um, as we said before we started, uh, you've done a well one venue that uh, I do try. I try to do as often as possible, which is uh, the Cronks Comedy Club. How did you? find out about that because with me I was just looking for comedy clubs near London and someone recommended it. What did I find out about that? I think it was on the Comedy Collective page actually back when it was actually posting about comedy and not just a fucking shower of everyone getting offended at everything and let's argue about this. Back then when it actually posted venues I found it through there. 
and then sort of started talking to the people that run it, invited me, kept sort of inviting me back. It's my favourite venue to do by far, even if it is a fucking mission to get home from. Yeah, it is a, it's a weird one. It, and, and I think the atmosphere inside the venue is weird because for those who haven't seen it, it's literally a virtual reality like gaming place upstairs and then you've got the comedy in the basement downstairs. So a lot of the time, sometimes you can't even hear the comedy over the bloody people screaming upstairs. I had once, I was on, but you, you call it like a headliner, but an open mic headline is just an open mic with a bit more time than everyone else. I was doing one of them. They had about 15 minutes. Halfway through, I think, my fourth joke. I have a lot of sort of silences and pauses in my jokes to sort of build up the sort of tension. During one of my pauses, it broke every single bit of immersion because you just heard Sonic collecting rings upstairs. I just thought, I'm trying to talk about, like, a joke about my granddad dying in a house fire and I've got Sonic collecting rings and shit like that just kills it. But luckily I'm a fucking pro, so you sort it out, didn't you? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, as a comedian, I think you, as a comedian, you get quite, something I get regularly is hecklers. How have you dealt with hecklers in the past? I don't think I've really had any. I think because of my, because of how I am on stage, the character I, sort of play like an arrogant sort of fucking I suppose psycho in a way that no one really wants to because all my jokes are pretty word based anyway and twists and things like that so I don't really I haven't really had too many go that badly either I've had one girl once in probably what was one of the worst gigs I've ever done um, once they wherever their microphone stopped working before the show even started so instead of being able to talk on a mic and talk sort of quite slowly and quietly, but everyone still hear me, I had to just shout the whole thing, which when you do like dark jokes, just shouting, it turns you from a comedian with a character into just a fucking psycho shouting obscene things at people. So I was doing that and I told a joke and this girl at the back, Everyone was laughing as well. And this girl at the back just decided to just shout out, that's not funny, you're not funny. And I thought, what can you even say to that as a heckle? But there's nothing, if someone says you're not funny, there's nothing you can even really come back with unless you have something like prepared, a generic thing. You've just got to sort of stand there and go, well, if you don't think I'm funny, then fair enough, I suppose. Yeah, that's the sort of thing I'd do if someone shouted that at me. I'd just sort of go, that's fair enough, love. You know, like, comedy is subjective. Oh, no, she didn't like the dark humour. I told a rape joke and dedicated it to her, just to be petty. <laughs> oh, the fact that you dedicated it to her. <laughs> Looked her dead in the eyes the whole time. I just thought, you know, I'm not an arsehole, but you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to make you feel <laughs> as uncomfortable as possible now. Enjoy this one. You thought that last one was bad. Wait till you hear fucking this one. So, um, yeah, one of the worst things I ain't really had any other heckles I don't think I think I've just had the one I think I've had gigs where people have just stared at me in like upper class places people have just stared at me the whole time thinking I'm serious not understanding it's a joke like that's happened a couple of times but other than that 
nothing really. I think the thing is with me, with the heckles I've had, the most infamous one that I've had, and it was the first one I ever had as a comedian. At this point, I was on gig number 12, I think it was. So this was maybe about a year and a half into me doing stand-up. And I'm doing this routine, and this, this drunk guy, who ironically was a friend of one of the acts who was on, started to shout, uh, started shouting that in your material stop plagiarizing and i'm just there like right what do i come back with and stupidly enough i come back with it's your own time you're wasting oh burned him you're a pro how long have you been doing this two years i fucking wish but instead of um continuing with the joke i decided to stand there for the next six or seven minutes pretty much having an argument with this guy it's your own time, you're like a fucking teacher. <laughs> yeah, just like, and ironically, apparently, loads of people say this to me about that gig, is ironically, that was the best joke you had told all night. But it's your own time you're wasting. Yeah. Must have been a fucking rough set, mate. It fucking was. Jesus. If that was your best one, fuck me. Maybe I'm on the Eglin side. <laughs> Things people have said to me with comedy is obviously when you're starting out it, it's going to take a while to get used to it you know like i i think with me when i first stepped out as a comedian i my intention was get up there do the joke fuck off before anyone can can criticize you but then as as um the year or two went by i just sort of went you know what it might actually be a good idea to listen to people's criticism uh, depends on you as a person, I suppose. I'm too arrogant to believe in that. I'm, I'm too. I, even when I like my first gig, I was still pretty confident. I was nervous, obviously, but I'm too sure in my own writing to really take into account things like that. So no one really does the same sort of thing I do anyway. So what can, what can other people offer me, really? Unless I see someone who does it better than me, then I can go, oh yeah, that's fucking. Just listen to him pick his brains. Until then, at the minute, all I've had is observational comedians talking about embarrassing stories about their mum and how much of a loser they are and how they ain't got a girlfriend. Try and tell me about how to write a dark one-liner better. Then it's like, why am I listening to you? You've, you've done a five-minute story on why you ain't got a girlfriend. What, what are you offering here? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you offering? <laughs> like... Yeah, why, why are you... If you're so fucking good at it, do it. You do it. Scrap your shitty girlfriend joke and do that. But it's, but yeah, I'm, I'm not actually as much of a prick as I'm coming across at the minute, by the way. Honestly, but, like... I, this is the thing. When I'm at gigs, this is the different stages of me. When I arrive at the venue, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fucking smash this. I start being the cockiest fucker there. Go on stage, if I... As soon as I get a heckler, because I tend to get more heckles now for some reason. And <laughs> recently, it's just been a case of, right, heckler, what do I go with? It's your own time you're wasting. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not going to be in the highlight reel of your career, I feel like. No, it's just going to be a um, constant uh, voice loop of me going, it's your own time you're wasting. When it's in my head, I'm going, what the fuck am I doing? It's not, 
it's as far as comebacks go, I'm going to be honest, you might as well have just stood there and said nothing, and it would have been more effective. Um, there was a gig I did at uh, the Cronks, which was probably the funniest moment I've ever had on stage, was um, I was there. This guy walked in, and he, he was being quite... I say he was being quite loud, but the, the venue's, like, really echoey anyway. So... And this guy walks in, and he starts talking to the guys at the bar. And I'm, I'm just stood there, and I just say, well, hello. And I, and I start making a general conversation with him. And I, and I say to him, what's your name? And he says, Richard. And then it pops in my head. Richard, or Dick. I, 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 can, make a, I can make a knob gag here, or? Yeah, it clicks in your head. Ah, I know the nickname. A knob gag, like a true comedian. Yeah, it's like, oh, knob gag here. I'm going to throw one in. Brilliant. Where'd you go with? Yeah, and then he, I asked him, where is he from? He's like, up the road. And I'm like, no, where are you originally from, mate? And he's like, Wales. And I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, we have a Welsh dick in the house. How'd it go? He laughed it up. He did. What about everyone else? Everyone else was just like, yeah, fuck him. He's a Welsh. <laughs> fuck the Welsh. Fuck the Welsh. Jesus. Kim Nash supports fucking the Welsh. Unbelievable. Fucking hell. Not literally fucking the Welsh. I'd never fuck anyone from Wales. I don't think that's a choice though, mate, to be honest. (laughs) I feel like people from Wales wouldn't fuck you and you've just flipped it and gone, oh, well, I wouldn't go near them. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, one of the things I, I've asked uh, some of my guests in the past is what's their favourite joke they've done as a comedian? Do you have a favourite like joke that you do or do you <laughs> like them all as good as the others? I definitely do have a favourite joke. Well, I've got two. But I've one. So they take too long. So anyway, they take like a fucking minute apiece. And I ain't told them so long, I don't think I'd remember them. <laughs> they're, they're the one that probably gets... The best reception, probably my shortest one as well, is um, stepdad. I had a good stepdad. He never raised a hand to my mother. He always started low and went for the uppercut. Oh, fucking hell. That's the shortest one. I've, I've got personal favourites, but that's, that one seems to do all right every time. It's one of the lightest as well. <laughs> but yeah, what about you? You got a favourite joke of your own or story? I think... I'm currently writing a load of material at the moment because, just a bit of backstory, I'm seen on the South Coast sort of comedy scene, I'm sort of seen as a, um, there's a comedian uh, called Tim Minchin. Now, loads of people call me a B-Tech Tim Minchin because I referenced some of his set before. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm currently in the process of reinventing my image because uh, there's only a certain amount of time you can say you're, you're being accused of copying a, an Australian guy who can clearly play the piano better than you. Right. Uh, but I think my favourite joke, I, I think my favourite joke that I'm currently writing... Are you about to tell me a Tim Minchin joke? No. Brilliant. Thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I, I could go on all day about that, but I'm not. Because... <laughs> Because then everyone's going to be like, stop copying him, you bastard. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, I think I'm writing a joke at the moment. I'm literally trying to find one of my jokes that I'm writing uh, because I got told to write sort of things that you know, you know, like more personal sort of stories. So I decided to write um, a story about my mum's wedding. Right. That is saying um, it's specific for something you know, but yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something I know. Uh, it's, it's a really, it's a, it's, I can tell you how many words it actually, it, it's a couple hundred words about it. And it, it's that's, a long, that's not a joke. That's a fucking, that's a show. That's an Edinburgh show. <laughs> to go up there for the one story. But no, it, the, 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 the story is just how, it's just how I start off with um, when my mum has the proposal uh, and my reaction is fuck and it um uh, one of the jokes is i should have left it at fuck but instead i went fuck since when have you been in been attracted to crackheads because my stepdad uh had been accused by the rest of my family of being a crackhead right so it's yeah it's it's still a joke in progress at the moment is has she heard this that you're calling her, I assume, husband now a yep. crackhead? Yep. yep, and she said, You're 18, you can do what the fuck you want. And he does look like a bit of a crackhead, so you're worried about yeah. easy. She's like, easy. So, what? So, what if he's a crackhead? And I'm like, I don't care if he's a crackhead, I love him, so I like that he has no teeth. <laughs> Oh, I did one. It's charming. Fucking charming. <laughs> uh, I try work, when you write things that are like a few hundred words long, that are so long, you have to have such a good fucking payoff at the end. Like, if you haven't got like an amazing payoff, no matter how good the little jokes are in between, if the payoff ain't incredible, that's a, it's a fucking wrap. But, it's the uh, only issue I've done with stories and things is you need to write such a good payoff for it. That's why I like writing jokes. I can write a little joke if it gets a little chuckle. Brilliant. I only wasted 10 seconds of your time. Who cares? Write a story and waste five minutes and the audience don't like you. You're getting, you can't even have a drink up the bar. You're just going to get slewed the whole time. You're just going to get not just the dirtiest looks, but you want, like you said, you're not going to be able to go to the bar. You're going to, if you're with a mate, you're going to have to say, can you, you know, go up and get me a drink? Yeah, if you, if you make a shit joke that's 30 seconds long, you can then tell a good one that they do like afterwards and they forget about that. If you dedicate your whole thing to a story and then they don't laugh, I don't think I'd be able to go to the bar after and look people in the eye. Funny thing is, with me, even if I've had a really bad set, the whole audience take pity to me because I'm small and I look younger than I am. Right, like a hobbit. Yeah, so people... <laughs> yeah, so people, people would just look at me, you know, like, if I have a really bad set, they'll just be really sympathetic and they're like, oh, you're so young doing this. And I'm like, don't give me your fake sympathy. Yeah, I don't. It's, my character can't really get that. She just acts like a prick the whole time. So if people actively don't want to like it, so if I can't get them to like it, you're just in trouble then. 
And I still look like a fucking arrogant prick off stage anyway, even though I'm not. Just don't help really. I get do you get um comics a lot come up after? After you've like died on your ass and been like, Oh great, great set, man, great set. But I've then you've had, seen I've had that run. a few times and I've simply just said to him, Don't fucking lie. <laughs> Don't I've lie. had what well, I had it once. I died on my ass in Parkston somewhere. And then a, one of the woman comedians came up to me. Comedians. Don't ask a woman comedian. Not relevant. But one of the comedians came up after and was like, oh, been really sweet. Like, oh, I think it was a really good set. I loved it. Well, that's, it's weird saying you loved it because I saw you throughout one of my jokes. Fucking stone-faced like everyone else. <laughs> but oh, glad you you cheating motherfucker. <laughs> but like, a lot of them say it just so they can get a compliment back off you. Just so you can go, oh yeah, yours as well. And sort of feed their ego a bit. But I've stopped doing that now. I'll just sit I'll just go, thanks. Cheers. Uh, Even if it went really well, that's our thank you. Yeah, one of the comedians I do quite a few gigs with, uh, Callum Pryor, he, he, he told me he has a, uh, well, a God complex. Do you, would you say you have a God complex or are you just, you get on stage, come across as a, as you say, arrogant, and just get on with it. I wouldn't say I have a god complex. I, I, I'm pretty sure of my like actual writing. Like, I think my joke writing's pretty good. I'm not a god complex. I'm not even that bad a person. It's just on stage. I can't go on stage all friendly and happy, and then go and tell jokes about whatever I tell jokes about, like really dark things. So you sort of have to be in a character that's sort of quite a sort of sure of himself, cocky, slow-talking psychopath, or it just doesn't work. But then it's easy, when you're still in the moment, it's easy to sort of come off stage and sort of be in that character for a little bit. It takes a bit of time to transition out of it, I suppose. Interesting. But no, I ain't got a God complex, definitely not. No, the, I, I wouldn't say I have a... The, the persona I put on stage for me, personally, is I go up there, pretend like my persona is the nervous guy who's never done this before, gets confident, and then we'll start, you know, I, I always try to get the audience involved as much as possible because that's just the way I I work. You know, that's just the thing. If, I, if I'm connecting with um, someone, there was a gig I did in uh, Portsmouth once, and I asked, I said, uh, this person in the story is going to have have a different name because the actual name he has is a complete and utter is just a shit name so i go to this guy on the front row and i say what's your name and he says dave now i hadn't done anything but this got the biggest laugh out of the whole set the guy says his name is dave i turn around just slightly and start walking back to where i normally stand and the whole audience is laughing and i worked out why it's literally because apparently dave's the most boring name ever and the fact yeah. that I slightly tilted my head slightly and started walking away without even doing anything. It's a boring, boring name. It's up there with like Kim and things like that in Fuck terms of you. boring. <laughs> <laughs> I get it all the time. I I like the idea of audience interaction, but I think I'm gonna sound like such a prick again. I just think I have spent time, like actual time Sometimes weeks changing parts of a joke to like make it perfect in my eyes. And I've, I've 
like set this out to be the exact length of my set. What is an audience member going to say that's going to be more interesting or funny than something I've literally spent a week making funny? I just feel like a sort of a waste almost. And if they say something and your mind goes blank, what the fuck? You've just sabotaged yourself then at that point. You're just standing there after an audience member's just mugged you off in front of everyone. You've had about six pints deep and your brain stopped working. It makes you look even worse. I'd, I don't know, I wouldn't like to risk it. Personally. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of it. I enjoy it when people do it. It's just not for me. So, obviously, you said uh, just before lockdown you had been doing stand-up for eight months. Um, what... What's got you through lockdown as a comedian? Have you been writing or have you been out there working? I've done fucking nothing. Well, I'm a gas engineer anyway, so I've been, life hasn't really changed for me. I've been working throughout it. But I, haven't, I certainly haven't wrote any stand-up jokes. I've been writing and doing sketches every now and then, every couple of weeks. I'll write a sketch and film that somewhere. I think I prefer that. I think even when lockdown stops, I'm going to focus more on sketches than actual stand-up for a bit. It's just a bit more fun. There's a lot more creativity. I ain't got to fucking travel across London on a Tuesday after work, then get home at one o'clock and have to be up at six for work again. It's just a lot more convenient and appealing. Yeah, I think it's going back to like with, with the Cronks. For me, it's not the easiest venue to get to. Because, like, I think the latest I've ever got home from that gig, because I've been so tired and slightly drunk as well, is, like, three, four o'clock in the morning is the time I've got home. And where are you? Where are you based? Like, near Portsmouth? Uh, well, not far from Portsmouth. Uh, Winchester, so not, not far from, like, Southampton. Um, what the fuck are you doing travelling up to Croydon during the week? Ugh. It's it's gigs. People always say to me, get as, get on as many gigs as you can. They say that, but how much are you really learning from playing, not the Cronks, obviously, but certain places, like a room above a pub to no one else but other comics who don't want to laugh at your jokes? I think, I think there are some gigs you can sort of say, no, you're right, so... Yeah, like there, there's been a few times where I've been offered um, a gig. I, there has been times where I've been offered a gig at the Cronks, um, and I've just said, you know what, I I can't be asked to do the travel a lot of the time. But I, I try to do it as often as possible, maybe once every couple of months, if that. Yeah, that's all right, because it gives you time to bring a new set there as well. So you're not doing the same set to the same audience. Yeah, and it's always weird because the first set I I did at um, the Cronks was was to like nearly a full room on. I think there I don't think there was a I don't think there was an Edinburgh preview on. I don't think the night I was there. No, there weren't. Uh, and then the second gig I did was to a room of barely anyone, maybe three or four audience members, and the rest comics. And yeah, yeah, because the second night I did it with the small audience, there was an Edinburgh preview on in the second half. 
Mm. And by the end of that preview, it was literally near enough just comics and bar staff left. I don't really, the Cronks is the one place I don't mind that when you perform to not a lot of people, purely because I, well, you can have a laugh full of bar staff and I can just get fucking drunk after, get a cab on. That's the, that's the only killer with it. It cost me about 50, 60 quid to get a cab on afterwards. I can stay there till about fucking two o'clock, just getting absolutely levered and making mistakes on my phone. So that's great. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, I think before we go into like the sort of questions or, or the little comical subject we tend to put in in the um, show, what 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 can you probably? I know you mentioned it briefly. Uh, what what can people expect from you when uh, lockdown ends and comedy venues open? And do you do you think we'll see indoor shows at the back end of this year? What's your opinion on that? Uh, I don't think so. I've pretty much made my mind up and said to people, I'm not going to do stand-up until 2021 now anyway, based on that, because I don't think they're going to do indoor shows. If they do, I think it's going to be shit. It's not going to be the same. So they're going to space people out. We're probably getting a second wave of the corona soon anyway. Yeah, I can't see it coming this year. But in terms of what to see, probably sketches more than anything. To be honest, uh, I've been posting a few up. I've made a YouTube channel for it. I post a lot of them up on Facebook anyway. Uh, I'll probably do a bit of stand-up here and there. It just depends if I can be bothered to write. It's just hard to sort of motivate to write actual jokes. It's like you write, I've probably got about 40 minutes worth of material. But then when you do short jokes, that takes fucking ages. Like, that's a lot of jokes to write. It's just the idea of it seems exhausting to me. Mm. So when you uh, write these sketches, how long do you tend to spend writing on the sketches? I don't spend a lot of time writing anything, really. Ideas sort of come to me as the day goes on. If I sit there and try and write, I won't get anything. Everything will come out sort of too dark or just more dark than funny. And then during the middle of the night, where my brain's still working in that way, I'll get woken up at like two o'clock with some ideas and write them down. I don't tend to dwell too long on anything. Things sort of, once you get started, things sort of write themselves a bit. So not long. Hmm. Interesting. So um, we're now going to go into the segment, which is the most interactive section normally. Um, if, you, if there's anyone still listening to this episode at this point, uh, thanks for sticking around. Wonder what that was then. That's my phone because I'm a fucking amateur apparently. My phone is one loud motherfucker. I've got a microphone here, that's why, because I'm a fucking professional. <laughs> I do have to go and let someone in my front door quickly. No worries. So professional.
Sorry about that. Back in the room. What are you worried about? Uh, no worries. Um, okay, so uh, recently uh, I asked uh, a load of people uh, to um, post the four words that every girl wants to wants whispered in her ear. Now, before we read out some of these um, answers, I'm actually going to ask you, Danny, what, what, what four words does every girl want to hear whispered in her ear? Oh, don't, don't put me on. You told me this just before we started the episode. I ain't had time to think. It won't be anything better than what people have actually had time to think of on the thing. Read, read them out and I'll have a little think in the meantime. Good idea. So uh, the first one uh, from Sam Jackson is, it's finger licking good. Right, um, I assume we're going in order of worst to best from that. I, I, I think so. Um, uh, next one, the next one's from Craig Parker, which is, uh, you can live afterwards. Yeah, that's all right. That's more my style. That's all right. <laughs> uh, the next one's from Simon Hall, which says, it's almost too big. Wait, ain't this meant to be what the girl would love to hear? Yeah. That would be the guy saying that. <laughs> why is the bloke being arrogant why is the bloke sitting there why is the bloke shagging a bird and going oh it's almost too big <laughs> what? Who, who sent that one in Simon Hall think about it Simon Hall fucking Jesus amateur <laughs> oh. unreal <laughs> what's the next one uh, Craig Parker put that's not my thumb right okay these don't, the, you can tell these are sent in by people that are either comedians or want to be comedians because none of them actually know anything about what a girl would actually want to hear. Wow. So we're just guessing. Oh, I've heard from my friend that girls love to hear about thumbs. Unreal. Unreal. Uh, the next one is from uh, Dan Stevens, who also has the nickname Crackhead Jesus because he looks like Jesus. A crackhead Jesus, I'm assuming. Debatable. Uh, right, he put, thanks for that. Wow, what did he put? He put, that's what she said. That's the most typical response, ain't it? But is that what a girl would love to hear? Would it, If you said to a girl, that's what she said, would they just, would they be like, oh, I fucking love that you said that. I don't think it's what they'd love to hear. I think they've heard girl and they've just sort of, Going, ah, oh, what, what sort of like an innuendo? That's what she said. Let's do that. I've seen the US office a few times. They all laugh at that. <laughs> um, Craig Parker again put, Good morning, Mrs. Nash. Right. She has, she has a <laughs> <special> cover. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. She has an obsession with my mother for some reason. Ah, oh, that's a good one. That's the best one. That's the, <laughs> that's the best one. <laughs> Just this slagging you off, really. I mean, it's a low bar to be the best one at the minute. Like, don't worry. But it's, it's like being the best graffiti artist on a toilet wall. Mm -hmm. But it's, it is a good one. So well done. Wow. Uh, and then we've got four other ones, which are... Um, the first one is from Glenn Braley, I think it is. 
uh, sorry if I said your name wrong, uh, but he said, tighter than your sister. So again, I don't think they'd like to hear that. I think that's better kept a secret if you've shagged their sister as well. <laughs> I think that's saying they'd hate to hear, if anything. Although it is a compliment, isn't it? Because you are tightening the sister, so maybe they would. Mm. Who knows? Yeah, fair play. Give them that one. Yeah, give them that one. Feed their ego. <laughs> Feed the ego. Uh, Craig Parker then put another one saying, your mum fought harder. <laughs> Shouldn't laugh at that, it's shit, but it's quite funny. He is. Um, Callum Pryor then put, don't worry, hold on, no, don't worry, Callum's gone. And Callum sent that in. Yeah. That's more of an admission of being a predator at that point. Oh, fucking hell. That's like, that's basically saying to a podcast of people, like, oh, the girls love to hear that I'm gone. <laughs> That's all that is. What does a girl love to hear? Oh, they love to hear I've left. For whatever reason. <laughs> oh. Brilliant. Well done. Grass yourself right up, mate. Unlucky. Quick, someone phone the Child Protection Agency. Quick. Well, good. He's a pedo predator now and all. Kim Nash has made you a pedo predator. Oh, Congratulations. God. I was just going with normal predator. Or maybe loser that girls like to see in the back of. But Kim's gone all the way and made you a proper little pedophile now. Ironically, gone all the way. Uh, yeah, ironically, gone all the way. So you're you're a nonce now, according to the Kim Nash podcast. Uh, and then the last one's from Sam Jackson as well, which is um, the chloroform's kicking in. So I don't know if they'd love that. I feel like that would be quite a bad moment. Do you know what I mean? If you're on a date with a guy. And he says, child, the chloroform's kicking in as things get hazy around you. I don't feel like you're going to be that excited. If he has chloroform with him, you're definitely not going to want to sleep with him anyway. Mm. So the fact, I mean, it's better than having Callum there, I suppose, from what we've heard. I think Maybe. I think Callum did send a couple more in, but while I find them... Uh, what I'm sure he did the nuts. What, what four words would a girl like to hear, Danny? Uh, nothing's going to be better than good morning, Miss Nash, to be honest. That's great. I'm not going to think of anything more scathing towards you than that. Thing is, I've made a deal with him that I will genuinely buy him a drink out gig if he mentions my mother. Hmm. It's, it, it was the best one by far. Yeah. It was the best one by far. Because above all things, it makes sense as well. Like your mum would love to hear that, probably. Maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't. It is. If there's anyone but Callum, then I'd say yeah. You got a number? Uh, what, for Callum? No, your mum. No. Why would I give you my mum's number? <laughs> well, because she loves hearing good morning, apparently. For trying to luck. Uh, this is the thing. Craig, I swear he has an obsession with my mother. I don't know what it is, but it's funny. Maybe it's the prospects of being your stepdad. Oh, dear fucking God. That's going to give me nightmares for weeks. <laughs> Maybe it is. Who knows? Could be. This is turning into the Jeremy Carl show now. Brilliant. I mean... 
half of us here look like we should be on it. This is the thing I always, I always ask people this, what was their opinion on the Jeremy Carl show? Because it's funny. For me, it's just a yeah, lot. I mean, I was always at work, so I could never watch it, but when you did get a chance to watch it when you're on annual leave or something, it's just fucking class, isn't it? There's nothing better than seeing a few people with half the teeth in their head just going mad. Like some bloke sitting there with no teeth and loads of scabs over his face and a drug addict with three girls fighting over him. It's mental. It's incredible. Just wow. So, it's depressing. Uh, then you sit there and you're just like, I can't even get a bird to text back. And this bloke's got three, three girls arguing over who he loves the most. Ridiculous. Wow, it's just, yeah. Um, well, apparently Jeremy Carl's supposed to be coming back on TV at some point this year, but not like it was before. Thing is, no one's going to watch him. I don't think, even the people who used to like the Jeremy Carl show probably won't watch him anymore because it won't be the same. Yeah, he's, he's fallen out of relevance as well, isn't it? We've got used to life without him. Nah, so who cares? I live in Dagenham, so I don't need it. Like, do you know, I can just look out my window and see a live version anyway. So it's never bothered me that much. Right, a live version of the Jeremy Carl show happening right outside your door. Yeah, Dagenham's a shit, aren't they? Bad. Wow. Um, but it's a comedy podcast, just come on and moan about where I live. Yeah, just, just moan. Content. Uh, could be wise. You keep you could keep mentioning my mum at every option. It's not every option. I've mentioned her a few times. It's not every option. Who said I'll be talking about you mentioning my mum? Craig has an obsession. Oh right. Yeah, but what what's she like? She like describe your mum to me. This is turning into a weird podcast now. <laughs> well, I wanted to see if I wanted to see if it's justified. Um, so. What am I doing with my life? I just... don't actually. Don't actually. I was joking. Don't actually describe. Just imagine that I describe my mum, and then you just see a load of people walking around saying, "We're looking for the reckless comedy dude's mum." All of a sudden, you've got me and Callum both obsessed with her. Yeah, and it's just here. I'm just getting messages from my mum. Why are people ringing me saying good morning? <laughs> I've heard you loved it, mum. It's fine. Oh, you loved it. Kim, why are people ringing me at two o'clock in the morning saying good morning? <laughs> it is morning. You can't argue with that. Factual, factual, if nothing else. Kim, why are people ringing me at 11.59 at night saying good morning? Well, it is, a, it is the morning in about a minute. That's just amateur hour and that, though, isn't it? That's probably, that's little weird nonsense. Um, Kim's words, not mine, like Callum. Oh. His words, he said it, he called you a nonce, not me. I'm just going with it. I'm just <laughs> shying off in front of everyone listening, that's all. <laughs> oh, Brilliant, you know, like, so what have we learned in this episode? We've learned that Callum Pryor is potentially a paedophile. Um, yeah, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, but there's no way to confirm it. Allegedly a pedo, definitely a predator, from his own words. Uh, we've also learned that um, 
half of the comedians do not know how to um what women like they don't know what women actually want to hear i'd say most comedians half is too generous have you have you been to an open mic have have you met most comedians <laughs> uh i've done gigs in Croydon, so i should be used to it yeah they're, they're lucky to know how to socialize with anyone let alone women that's I'm not doing myself any favours here, just coming and being toxic towards the community. It's great. Just imagine, you look on the Comedy Collective Facebook group and it's just like, Danny Andrews is toxic, he's saying all this about comedians, and it's like, I don't give a fuck. Oh, there's, there's a lot more toxic people in that fucking group of me that you've seen in the last month or so. Yeah. That's I, right. I think I'll be, I think I'm shielded from saying whatever I like by the, by the actual sexual abusers that's been coming out. I think I'm fine for the minute. Until that dies down, then they might come for me. Yeah. They're busy with people like Callum for the minute. Oh, fucking hell. I am gonna ask for your opinion on this because for like the sexual harassment thing or assault thing that's going on in the comedy uh, sort of circuit. What's, mm -hmm. what's your stand on it? I'm not saying you're a sexual harassment person. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, like, what do you think about the whole situation going on at the moment? Just don't sexually harass people. It's not hard, is it? Do you know what I mean? How hard is it to not sexually harass someone? So, but it's mental. How um, much there is. There are cases on open mics where it's happened as well. Like, like what? Like people, like people run open mics thinking they're like Epstein. Like or Harvey Weinstein or something, like you're not that important as a person. You run an open mic, mate. Stop just stop trying to sexually harass people. It's, it's not difficult. If someone don't want you, if a if a girl don't want to be with you and she doesn't because you run an open mic, like but by default she don't want to be with you. But if they don't, don't do anything. Just be nice to people. That's my take. Be nice to people and don't sexually harass people. That's an education. Brilliant. So uh, we we are now an educational podcast as well. We're teaching people how not to be sexual abusers, sexual harass harassers. Whatever. Yeah, it's great. I love my work. <laughs> I love my work. Um, but yeah, uh, we are coming toward the end of the episode. Uh, I'm gonna give you as long as you want to. Um, Sort of promote yourself. Where can people find you on social media? Oh, this will be quick. Um, I've got a new YouTube channel called Danny Andrews. Just Danny Andrews. Very original. Um, I'll put sketches on there. Subscribe to that if you want. Watch some sketches. Uh, I post a lot of stand-up things on Instagram at Danny M. Andrews. And that's about it, really. That'll, that'll have you covered. For everything for anyone still watching it'll just be me it's just me and you watching just listening to this back at this point yeah probably. it's just me trying to subscribe to my own channel by now after hearing myself plug it yeah it's just like oh who's this danny andrews guy oh it's me oh, this guy's been fucking hilarious all podcast i should check him out it's just me it's just me it's just like yeah this guy's fucking awesome i'm gonna check him out oh wait it's me i need to <laughs> Class, brilliant. Fucking class. 
But um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find uh, Danny on his social media platforms, obviously skip back maybe, what, 60 to 90 seconds, and you'll hear the very brief uh, social media platforms. Obviously, as you heard, uh, Danny will be doing, hopefully, uh, and I presume, more sketches over the rest of the year. You might see him at the odd uh, open mic. I think the question I want to ask you is, um, what, what's your opinion on these outdoor gigs that are now starting to pop up? I like the thought of them, but I feel like on a windy day, it's not gonna, you're gonna get wind into the mics and your voice ain't gonna project as loud. You're not gonna get the same experiences inside. That's why I ain't bothered with them yet. So I just feel like it's not gonna be, it's gonna be a lot easier to die on your ass on stage doing them, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, I've done a couple of um, uh, outdoor gigs in Portsmouth and because we're right down by, because the sea is behind us, we're constantly getting the wind. So obviously uh, we, we, we're literally trying our best. We're trying our best to shout as much as possible whilst keeping a social distance. Yeah, the idea of that doesn't appeal to me at all. It just seems that like it takes so much out of your actual performance, it seems like. Does it? Do you find it makes your performance worse? I think, yeah, because um, half the time no one can hear you. And I try shouting at the top of my voice. And if no one can hear me, you know, it's just like, why am I standing here for the next five or ten minutes shouting into, into a crowd that's not even going to hear me? If no one can hear you, from what you've said so far, it sounds like that's a real blessing for the audience. I might come watch the next one, actually, just for that. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. We end it on such a depressing note of, I'm not good at outdoor gigs. <laughs> we have fun. We have fun. Yeah, we. That's what the whole show is about: having fun and potentially caught, making accusations that people may or may not be a paedophile, which was my fault. Yeah, completely. I agree. Completely my fault. I have no judgment over that. You should, if he's a paedophile, you should be judging. Just to say, if anyone listening still, if you see a paedophile, judge. <laughs> Complete judge. Oh, brilliant. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, this has uh, been Reckless Comedy. We've been joined by uh, Danny Andrews. Uh, do you have any final words? I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Uh, you, I'm sure you'll see uh, Danny hopefully on the circuit fully again next year. If not, the yeah. but it's most likely going to be next year. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm sure loads of you listening will see me on the circuit. I'm trying to get myself uh, on the circuit as much as possible because, of course, we've had four months, four or five months being stuck without gigs and with certain indoor... But I have seen a couple of indoor gigs saying they're going to start up again but it's like as you said it's probably going to be shit and the it's not going to have the same atmosphere it's just begging covid to get you really it's just begging it to come and get you yeah um but obviously you'll hear my thoughts when i um end up doing them but um yeah this has been reckless it's a long outro Kim. i'm gonna be honest with you it's a long outro mate trust me it's like this every single episode Brilliant. Right.
and there's loads of people on it, it's like you're never going to get the outro done when there's like five or six people on it. We're struggling with two. So I can believe that. <laughs> uh, that's typical. Uh, but yeah, this has been Reckless Comedy. Uh, I've been joined by Danny Andrews. Make sure to go follow him on all his social media platforms. Uh, join us next time when we'll be joined by hopefully another comedian, male or female. Uh, we're not sexist. Um, but yeah, um, guys, we will uh, see you all in the next episode. Be good people and do not. And I, I, I'm going to say this now. If anyone got offended by anything we've said, shut the fuck up. Simple. Like, you got offended? Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good message. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See you on the next one. And then. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Reckless Comedy Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it around. We also want to thank everyone f- as we have just hit over 300 overall lessons. Your support over the last few months have been amazing and we cannot be more grateful. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to tag us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handles are in the following clip. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to create, distribute, host and monetize your podcast. And what's better, it's 100% free. So head on over to anchor.fm today. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by following us on Twitter. Our handle is at reckless underscore comedy. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So we thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. Once again, thank you for listening to the Reckless Comedy Podcast. Join me next time as I'll be joined by uprising comedian Simon Hall. Stay safe, be good people. And if you got offended by anything we've said, then shut the fuck up. We'll see you in the next one. And I I really hope that you'll be ready for the next one. Ready for this song? Ready for this song? Ready for this song?